Hey everybody, welcome back to the IGN Movies Podcast, Keeping It Real. Jim, Roth, Carl, Chris Carl. Chris. All, <laughs> all here to uh, bring you the week that was in movie news and rumors. Uh, we had a lot to talk about this week, starting with this Sunday, the Academy Awards, the 87th Academy Awards. Yes. Uh, Do you still get excited about the Oscars? Do you remember getting excited as a kid? Oh yeah, as a yeah. kid, yeah. I yeah. loved the Oscars. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I think just by virtue of covering the industry for so long, it, it wanes a little bit uh, because when when you're growing up and you love movies, it's it's like the Super Bowl yeah. for movie yeah. fans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now we hear about the Oscar campaign season forever, and uh, so yeah. But no, I Too guess too much I'd of the still... making of the sausage. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> also, for me, I have to say, I love the Oscars, but the Oscars are such a narrow category now. Yeah. yeah. Like that, it's like if it, movies with crying and you know, <laughs> yeah. and uh, social issues. That's basically what the Oscars are now. Yeah. And some animated movies, not even the right ones. Um, <laughs> like that's kind of how the Oscars are now. So it's I think from that perspective, like it's a little taken down. Like even when yeah. we were kids, I feel like there was more. It was like a like a wider swath of movies. I mean, I. I think it depends. I think we'll get into this, but this this year's an interesting year for Oscar yeah. because I think the two top contenders for Best Pictures are really surprising to me, actually. Yeah, um, yeah they, they would have been movies uh, yeah. a few months ago. People were still waiting for, well, we're waiting for the big ones yeah. to come out. And, well, here here's your race now. The, the, <laughs> these are the little movies that, that could, you know? Yeah. So, like, that's actually kind of exciting for me this year. I don't know. I, I Seems don't know. more like the Indie Spirit Awards or yeah, something. Yeah, like it's like those. It's like it's like the Weinstein's are running two different campaigns. <laughs> yeah, you know, because like back in the day they would. You know, I mean, there's there's that there's that thing out there where like they stole away the mm -hmm. the Oscar from Saving Private Ryan with uh, Shakespeare in Love, which isn't really true. I mean, they ran a great campaign, but they do. Um, they, they the run. Uh, the actors voted. But that that's one. what it seems like, right? Yeah. It seems yeah. like this year there's like. A couple of competing indies. It, it is interesting, though, when you start hearing the the, the behind the scenes kind of dogfighting over yeah. the dirty campaign and say it really is like uh, and the amount it? of money it costs. Yeah, I mean George Lucas, I think of all people, was saying how it's like a political campaign, and it really is. And we need campaign finance reform. Well, <laughs> we I mean, Oscar seriously. campaign finance reform. <laughs> there we go. You Colin heard it here. When, when you read sort of, there's Hollywood Reporter is doing a candid interview every day with an Academy voter, and, mm. and it's pretty interesting to see how they're too. making these decisions in a lot of in a lot of ways. But Eddie Redmayne, for example, who's, darts. <laughs> who's, who's really positioned to win best, best... <laughs> Sorry. I don't know what that was. I, just I, was, I was, was trying to do like rock, paper, scissors. I don't know. It was like rock, paper, like three stooges. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> Sorry, continue. I don't forget it. Eddie I, Redmayne. I can't talk to either of you monkeys. Um, <laughs> Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> I'm a monkey. Eddie Redmayne, apparently, like he's just charming the pans off of all of them. He's really been campaigning for himself, and he's it's put him in a great position to win. But it's just a huge then, pile of pants. <laughs> in his, in his I mean, there's also sexual favors and whatnot. You, you can imagine. Well, yes. um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> let's, uh, well, before we get into uh, our predictions of who we think uh, will take home the awards and everything, I, I, I did find it interesting, you mentioned the Hollywood Reporter's coverage of the, the uh, kind of the behind the scenes of yeah. how the... I was kidding about the sexual favors, by the way. Yeah, we got that. I don't know. <laughs> the, uh, it probably the, does happen, though. <laughs> the, the Academy, uh, there was an Academy voter breakdown that, that THR had of how they viewed the movies, and 6% of them, yeah. of Oscar voters, and we're only talking about, what, like a couple of thousand people, mm -hmm. if that, you know, um, in the Academy, and 6% of them hadn't even watched any of the Best Picture nominees. Yeah. But But three quarters, like, the majority of them are not seeing them in the theater, or even at screenings. It's not like you're gonna go out to the mall and, you know, stand in line like any other, schmo like us or whatever but they're watching them on screeners so it just to me it's like this weird mixed message Hollywood sends where it's like we have to maintain the theatrical experience until it comes time to vote for these movies I mean are you really voting for best film at that point you're kind of voting for whatever the best 
DVD was that you watched. Yeah, you know? I mean, I think it really depends because I, when the Academy Awards first started, there were actually two different best picture um, yeah. options, and one was and old timey movies. Old timey movies, and one was basically I'm I'm breaking this down. These aren't the exact category names, but basically one was like the best spectacle film. You know, so like imagine if we still had that today, you would be looking at your Rise of the Planet. Nope, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Be looking at your guardians for that, and then one was sort of like the best like aesthetic film that was with all of the crying and the, and the nunnery and the Nazis and whatever it is that wins you an Academy Award. That sounds like a great actor. That's actually <laughs> the nunnery and the Nazis. Actually, that's, that's about right. <laughs> Eat snacky Kate, Kate Winslet did this um, did this bit on uh, Extras, the Ricky Gervais show, about how like she wanted to win her Academy Award and you had to, she was playing a nun in so in the episode and she was like you either have to be a Kate nun Winslet, or a Nazi. Yeah. Nazi. And then she won her Academy Award yeah, for being Nazi. a Nazi yeah. in a Nazi movie. So good. So good. Well, the, the, the very, very best, uh, not to get too far off track, but the very best extras ever, ever of all time was Patrick Stewart. You, even if you know nothing about extras, <laughs> go watch that particular episode. It's Ricky Gervais, Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart is basically obsessed with making a script about all these women who lose their clothes, and he's super adamant about it. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> not to, but anyway, to bring us back around to the original point is, dun, 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 I think that if you had those two cat, it would actually serve the movie-going experience a a lot better today if we still had those two categories. I could see because, that coming back. Yeah, at some point. it might. Yeah, because there are. The fact of the matter is, <laughs> most bombastic movie, <laughs> <laughs> loudest pos. <laughs> people are not going. People are not going to see two days and one night in the theater. I saw um, still Alice in the theater this past weekend with about five other humans in yeah. the theater. Like yeah. people are watching this on VOD. They're going to see the spectacle films in the theater. That's yeah. the reality. And TV has kind of become the home for some of the stuff that yeah. movies used to do. And uh, I feel like most people now, and you can tell by the box office, are going for big, 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 big stuff. Yeah. And even small budget stuff is marketed to a mass audience, like the horror stuff. So all these indie kind of things are falling by the wayside in indie movie houses. Especially, I mean, in L.A., I think there will always be a tradition of that. But, like, yeah. if you're living in Kansas or something or Wisconsin, where I come from, it's tough to sometimes see those littler those movies. Those second-run theaters were really key to catching yeah. films. I mean, I saw, it, we used to have a dollar cinema. Yeah. And uh, that, was, that was a great thing until they screwed up the reels. And Last <laughs> of the Mohicans, which was already a long movie, became four hours. Yeah. Ditto heat. But, uh, wow. but to, to your point about kind of almost like the budgetary nature of these like smaller and mid-level films, that's one reason why a lot of people are actually celebrating American Sniper, which was, I think it was like a $60 million mm -hmm. movie. Yeah. And now it's going to probably end up being... The most successful movie of 2014. Yeah. Domestically. That is crazy. Nobody saw that. Nobody one saw out. that coming. That is one of the biggest surprises of the year. Most successful in that it made the biggest margin because I yeah. think we can yeah. all agree that Avengers 2 is going to make the most money. Oh yeah, money. The most no, money no, but it's going to count as a 2014. Yeah. Oh, 2014. 2014. So oh, it's going to be bigger than Mockingjay and bigger than Guardians. Oh, so that's, that's that is that, that's that crazy. Is crazy. Yeah, it is really insane. I mean, and it's. We, there's a whole other discussion to be had, and I think we actually did have, about why that is. Yeah, um, yeah. There's also not a lot of competition right now. Um, but I think there's a million other reasons why that movie was was successful. Um, well, let's let's get into that, because I think this it, it does directly tie into the Oscar race. Uh, do you think the, uh, for lack of a better term, the surge of American Sniper and its popularity at the box office, do you think that will affect its chances at winning Best Picture? Um, the Best Picture nominees are and uh, just American Sniper, Birdman, Boyhood, The Grand Budapest Hotel, The Imitation Game, Selma, The Theory of Everything, and Whiplash. So, American Sniper, do we think the fact that there has been this commercial and popular groundswell around the movie, will that actually, will it be kind of like Braveheart? in that sense. Hmm. No. I think that... Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I think that right now, there's one, there's an, there's an outside chance that Sniper could come in and shock everybody at the Academy Awards with either a Best Picture win or Bradley Cooper. Yeah. However, to date, 
it has been a two horse race with Birdman and Boyhood, yeah. um, and which which is what were the two films that we were talking about that yeah. are these smaller films that nobody could have foreseen that it was a two horse race between these films. Could Sniper come in and take it if they cancel each other out? I think it's definitely an outside possibility. Yeah. But that isn't the one that I will ultimately yeah. predict. I, I, I do think though too we shouldn't necessarily rule out Grand Budapest Hotel because that's. That's been cleaning up on a lot of technical awards, and I think it's favored to win uh, uh, original screenplay. Yeah, I think it will um, easily. So I mean, it might get that as, uh, but it, it it had it did well at the Globes, and I don't know. It could it could be the recipient of, like you said, other movies kind of canceling right each other. Right now, out. though, in the precursor season that you're looking at. Um, all of the critical awards, uh, sort of the smaller critics awards, the Golden Globes, BAFTA, everything has gone to either Boyhood or Birdman at right. this point. If you look at the guilds, you would probably, you know, just won DGA. Yeah. Um, DG it won the PGA. The it won the PGA. And so if you're so if you're going by the guilds, which a lot of those members are also Academy members, yeah. um, there's a lot of crossover. You would say that probably it is Burban. And if, if you look at the DGA in particular, I think in like 66 years, some I'm getting this wrong. I'm sorry. Um, I think it's about 66 years. There's only been seven times that that, that yeah. selection did not also win Best mm. Picture. So, um, or pardon me, Best Director. I'm yeah. getting ahead of myself. So, if you look at the guilds, I think that you would. I would ultimately say Birdman for Best Picture. Yeah. Um, it's my favorite movie of the so year. So that's what you think. <laughs> we're we're going to do a little game of uh, what should win, uh, what will win, but what should win. So you is Birdman for both. Uh, your pick for both what should win and what will win? Yes. Okay. Oh. I think Birdman also will win, but I would like Grand Budapest to win. Okay. I also think if they gave out an Oscar for the movie you'll watch the most, the most times, it would easily win because everything besides Grand Budapest on that list is either kind of longish or kind of a bummer. I mean, honestly, Birdman, I'm. I, I, it's either Birdman or Boyhood. I think ultimately Birdman will win Best Picture, and I know we'll get into the Best Director in a minute, but but he'll link later. Will take Best Director. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's a very small chance for Grand Budapest, almost minimal. Yeah. The only thing that could upset is Sniper at this yeah. point. Yeah. What do you think, Jim? I think that uh, I have the feeling that Boyhood, because it's been, it was, it's. One that and Grand Budapest are the ones that have been out longest. Mm -hmm. I do wonder if there weren't a lot of people just made up their minds about Boyhood, and and there has been a little bit of a backlash against Birdman of people feeling like it's overrated and all yeah. that. And while the Guild Awards are important, um, you know the Screen Actors Guild they gave the Cast Award to Birdman, but the actual Acting Award went to Eddie Redmayne. So I, I just I thought it was it's a little weird to me that you know it wasn't as universal as I thought it would be. Like, right. if Birdman was such a, a, a slam dunk, then why didn't Keaton win, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. So I feel like there are enough votes splitting away that I, 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 think, I think Birdman probably uh, should win, but I think Boyhood might eke out the victory. So you're going Boyhood. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm really you gotta on the You've got to check fence. the box. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to say Birdman will and and should, although, I don't know, I liked Selma, I think, a little bit more. Selma's got no shot. Yeah, oh, no, I know, I know. Um, actually, I mean, some of my favorite movies this year weren't even nominated, so. Yeah. All right, so. Where's so, the Babadook? I know, right? Absolutely. Well, I mean, you can have Gone Girl, you can have ten nominees, yeah. and you only put up eight. Yeah. What up with that, Hollywood? No, I know. Uh, it's going to be our next show. What up what with up that, with that Hollywood? Hollywood? But there are so many questions. Followed about... by WTF Gotham. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. There are so many questions in that regard. But I think that if we're just boiling it down to, I mean, because we could have a whole other conversation about that, yeah. about what's left off and what sort of has been shoved to the side this season. But So you're going Birdman? Birdman. 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 What will and should win. Um, so let's move on to the next category. So it'll definitely be Boyhood. <laughs> you know what? I just I, I think we've been really good actually, on predictions. Actually, I think here. it's actually a very interesting year because I wouldn't be surprised if Boyhood got it. I mean, it's not like 
I wouldn't either. I don't feel like anything is breaking out ahead Locked of the pack. But Birdman has kind of trended that way yeah. in the last couple of weeks. But it's, it's really tough to say this year. I would say yeah. that the, the two hardest to predict categories this year are, there's some that are a lock, but the two hardest to predict categories this year are Best Picture and Best Director. Mm. Really, really tough. Yeah. Well, but, actually, let's talk about Best Director then. I was going to do Actor, but yeah, I think this is a better segue, and we all know I love my segues. Uh, Best Director nominees, Wes Anderson, Grand Budapest Hotel, uh, Alejandro Gonzalez Inaratu, I think I'm saying his name yeah. right, Birdman, uh, Richard Linkletter, Boyhood, Bennett Miller, Foxcatcher, Moulton, tell them the imitation game. <laughs> um, There's your winner. Uh, That's our new Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> yeah. Um, he did that movie Headhunters. I didn't oh, realize that was that movie's him. so good. Yeah, yeah. That's my recommendation for this week, and I'll get into that later. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we think, we, we've been saying kind of off-camera stuff, we really think it's a, it's a two-man, unfortunately, man yes. race. Um, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, Ava DuVernay. Um, but, uh, Did you see the Key and Peele sketch about the Oscars? No. It was like the Super Bowl Oscar sketch. It was no, so amazing. There's my recommendation. Go watch the Key and Peele sketch <laughs> about the Super Bowl and the Oscars. So we think Best Director <laughs> is between Linkletter for Boyhood and Inaratu for Birdman. Yes. Do we agree with us? Or do we think? Do we think Wes Anderson? They'll probably throw him Best Original Screenplay. Yeah, I think that's. He's how like, it's like the way they gave Tarantino that for Pulp yeah. Fiction, but he yeah. didn't get director. So bad that it, like that was on last night, and I was like. Yeah. Again, how I saw I saw uh, so Pulp Shakespeare recently. Uh, it's called Pulp Shakespeare parentheses or Bard Fiction, and it's hilarious. It's a, I think it's a touring show, but it's mostly LA. But it's what if Shakespeare wrote Pulp Fiction, and they translated it into like Shakespearean type language, oh, and it's funny. hilarious. You know, instead of saying it's the one that says bad mother, you know, it's like it's the one that says blasted Oedipus. <laughs> <laughs> Oedipus. Anyways, so best director, do we think? It yeah, really it's just a two-person race. When I was getting ahead of myself earlier, um, I, he won, um, and I, I really don't interrupt you. Oh, um, yeah. And I can't, I don't think I'm pronouncing his, right, his name correctly, so forgive me. But um, the, at the DGA, but Linklater's been so beloved to date, um, and and he's sort. I mean, it's really been split between the two of them. But I think that ultimately that Linklater is going to take Best Director yeah. because I think that if you, I think Birdman is beautifully directed, but if you think about what it is that's appealing to people about Boyhood, it's, the, it's his big experiment. It's the fact that yeah. he invested 12 years to do this thing that hadn't been done, and it's really, really very much about what he did as a director, even yeah. more than, way more than the performances. Or which, even the story. You know, well, you or, have to think about that kid, too, and say, that this, this guy was able to kind of, like, take him through 12 years of his life yeah. and get a pretty consistent performance out of yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, at the very least. slightly yeah. uneven, but he was growing up. Nobody could know that right. he was going to be an actor or not, yeah. and the fact that he was able to get even a mostly consistent performance yeah. out Yeah, of I mean, uneven actually works, though, for a kid, because yeah. your personality <laughs> does change, yeah. and you're, you know, yeah. when he was a moody teenager, it showed in his performance, yeah. and when he was, like, a smoother young man, it showed, you know. I mean, uneven in terms of, like, it wasn't always the best acting. Right. Yeah. Especially put against uh, Ethan Hawke and Patricia Arquette, who were consistently great. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think I it think is. I think he was a good. He was good. But. Yeah, I think Linklater. It's Linklater's to to lose at this yeah. point. Yeah. I, I think the fact that uh, Inaratu won at the DGA, I don't think that really means anything. Is Ben Affleck won, and then he wasn't even nominated. Right. Yeah. And Eastwood was nominated for the DGA, but he wasn't nominated for the Oscar for right. Sniper. Um, so I think that uh, I think it's going to be Linklater will. And probably should win. I, I did love Birdman. I love what what he did with it. But I do feel like it's. Um, I think I, I can just. It sounds cynical, but I can see them just the voters just being like, "All right, we're going to give the movie to Birdman, but let's throw him best director, and we'll give Wes the script." And, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. In fact, yeah. I think right. it's going to be that too. But I also think it's like like I said to me, Birdman is so much of the success of that movie is based on the direction. However, it's just such a more obvious thing to honor to honor the, the direction of Boyhood because it is such an unusual and lengthy and Herculean task that he took yeah. on that nobody's ever going to do again. I think another thing, though, that we have to talk about is Inaratu and Birdman that talk about Herculean tasks, making that movie essentially yeah. one take. It takes so much skill and so much coordination and um, to get those performances dialed in and to do it in a way that 
Um, I mean, you know, we want to be clear that it's not actually it's one not take. It one looks take. like one. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, the, it, it was masterfully done. Yeah, it was. And and not only that, it was a great story and, and great performances and everything that you want to get when you're directing a film. So I think that he's my choice for who I, I think should win. Yeah. But I think Linkletter is also deserving. Um, and I think he is who's going to win, of course. All right, so, so the picks are... Uh, Inaratu should, Linklater will, same. Inaratu should, Linklater will. I'm happy with either of them, but Linklater I think will, yeah. But what about should? I, I don't know. Sign on the line or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what I am signing Make on the line. Decision. I'm saying Linklater will. Either one of them are, okay. are should. Okay. That didn't help. <laughs> I, I give Inaratu a little bit the edge. Okay. As a director. All right. So uh, Linklater will and and probably should. Uh, let's move on to to best actor. Uh, we have this one's another tough one, right? This well, yeah. I, but again, I think it's a two man two race. Two man race. Uh, but the nominees Jake are Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> he should have been Chris there. Chris Pratt has Nightcrawler mm. was great. If you guys haven't seen it, so good. Yeah. Steve Carell, Foxcatcher, Bradley Cooper, American Sniper, Benedict Cumberbatch. The Imitation Game, Michael Keaton, Birdman, Eddie Redmayne, The Theory of Everything. And it's basically, it does seem like it's a two-man race between Keaton and Redmayne. You know, Redmayne, I think, probably has the edge at this point, yeah. um, assuming that no one saw Jupiter Ascending, which we probably are assuming that. <laughs> um, but, but he does... He's not nominated for that. <laughs> they, look, he was great in that movie. The Academy, look, let's face it, they love this kind of story. They love this kind of performance. That's whether it's my left foot or that has not only an emotional element to it, but yeah, it does have a technical challenge for an actor. That having your body do something that it does not do for that consistent a period of time, it's actually really not easy. And to sell it, you know, so that we really believe that, that yeah. this is what, what is happening for him. So it was a technical challenge for him in a way that it wasn't for other people. So I do think he has the edge. I love, the only surprise for me again could be Bradley Cooper. That could be a dark horse, but, um, I love Michael Keaton so Yeah. This is the performance of his life. Yeah, like I don't think this is as good as it's going to get for him. Yeah. I don't see him, you know, because he works so inconsistently. He's a guy who's happy with his life outside of Hollywood that this could be the only time he ever gets nominated. He should yeah. have been nominated for Clean and Sober, yeah. but he wasn't. Um, and so I, I, I hope that for no other reason than, look, they've done this in the past, like the You've Earned It Award, yeah. Like, give it to Keaton. Redmayne's, what, maybe 30? He has plenty of opportunity you know? in the future to... And also, it's like, I, I do have this kind of knee-jerk reaction to, like, such an Oscar bait formula for that movie, yeah. you know? You're for Theory of Everything? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It very much is. But, again, like, I do get it in the sense that that isn't an easy thing to do, what he did. It yeah. really isn't. But some some people, uh, and I think this was one of the reactions from the anonymous Academy voters that THR spoke to, was that he was just doing an impersonation, a great impersonation. But then, whereas Keaton had to create a character out of whole cloth, I think is how they put it. I think there's something to be said for that too. Well, the whole cloth of Michael Keaton experience yeah. <laughs> is obviously drawing from. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that those characters are equal, but yeah. he definitely has some of the. I was Batman, and people think of me as Batman. It's part of me that thinks, I, I wonder if he's playing Nicolas Cage. That's what I think, yeah. <laughs> if anything, because that experience isn't actually Michael Keaton's experience. Michael well, no, Keaton's life I mean, has been pretty happy. It's, uh, it's really Nicolas Cage's experience. <laughs> Well, I mean, who are we to say if Nicolas Cage is happy or not either, but he like... so bummed. <laughs> he hey, looks, he was just an outcast with hating Christians. He so, looks so bummed. So here's what, I, here's what I think. I actually think Eddie Redmayne is not going to win this. I do think Michael Keaton's going to win it. I think for the reason that you said, Jim, I think Keaton's going to win it. It's going to make everybody feel really good. Lifetime achievement. And Eddie Redmayne is essentially um, going to have like 10 to 15 more shots at this thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's... That's what I'm hoping for, and that's what I'm thinking will happen. Um, as and, and realizing that's kind of a long shot based on some evidence that we have already. But I think I, for this one, I want to say sentimental win for um, Keaton, who is very deserving, who's probably yeah. the yeah. most deserving as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But like in terms of the Academy, sentimental win. Eddie, yeah. Eddie Redmayne won SAG. He 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 won BAFTA. He won, he won the Globe. He's I mean Keaton won the Globe too for yeah. for, uh, for comedy or yeah. musical, but. 
I don't know. I, I'm really on the fence about this one because I want my heart wants to say Michael Keaton will win because I so need want him to win. Need <laughs> I need him, I to, need win. him to win. No, need seriously, I got money riding on it. <laughs> seriously, like Vegas owned a whole lot of things. Um, so your your pick is. You, I mean, you go first. Give me. All right, I think um, Keaton should win. I think Ed, Eddie Redmayne will win. Yeah. I think I think that they're the fact that the. The Oscar uh, that the SAG voters went for for him to me was a bad signal because it was a good signal if you're Eddie Redman. Oh yeah, <laughs> very good. Well, like oh yeah, I mean, I, and um, I just I just think that if you're if you're if you're Keaton and you would want everything else but from your fellow actors who are the largest voting block. Yeah. Yeah. It would make you feel like uh, maybe I shouldn't immediately get up as soon as they say, and the winner is, you know. Is it going to yeah. be that moment, that Leonardo DiCaprio moment from last year, where I, His I just, I drops. kind of really, really hate it when they focus on the actor that you really think is going to win, yeah. and then they're sitting there like just keeping it together. I mean, I think a lot of people made made this big deal out of him having like a tear in his eye or something. Like, I don't know if he did or not. But <laughs> wouldn't you? Yeah. Like, yeah. Wouldn't you? Like, if of you course. did this movie that you felt was going to, yeah. you know, I mean, as much as actors like to talk down and people in general like to talk down, like the importance of an Academy Award, it is recognized as the top award that you yeah. can achieve well, in that profession. That, it's the light lamp if of they, acting. <laughs> if they win, I think that their salaries go up something. I'd read something like they're, that the if you win Best Actor, your salary, that goes Murray, up, Abraham money. your salary goes up by, by a de a, like a million dollars. Yeah. The ladies, it's 500000 but whatever, that's okay. Um, I don't think that is okay. But I, I, think, I think Eddie Redmayne's going to win. I yeah. really do. But, um, but I should. really think Keaton should win. Absolutely. Okay. Well, well I guess I'm a betting man, and yeah. I'll take you all on. Okay. Uh, best hope, actress, I, right. I think we're, I think best actress is all pretty fair to say. Julianne Moore. It's Julianne Moore. Yeah, Julianne Moore, yeah. yeah. Should well like yeah. she. I, I saw showing it, up but, everyone else, yeah, but, but I think here's, it's here's a burger. I, I, I saw <laughs> still still Alice this this weekend, and um, there's some great performances from the ladies this year too. But I saw still Alice this weekend, and I gotta tell you, it is it will destroy you. Yeah, I, Although I, there's I mean, the one that wishes Rosamund Pike. Yeah, I, the, I mean, I think, and here's she's here's my where, actual personal favorite. Yeah, well, here's where I'm a little torn is that I think that Gone Girl was made by Rosamund Pike's performance and it was brilliant. Mm. And in, in another year she would have won. Julianne, I really think she could have had a lot more heat on her. But Julianne Moore has been nominated five times, has never won. Oh. Um, she, I think the Academy is, she's at that age where they are ready to honor her for her It's her Susan Sarandon year. It's her Susan Sarandon, her collective body of work. I think it's actually a similar thing. Not only that, and that's not to dismiss this performance because yeah, no. She has to go from a woman who is an internationally renowned academic to no longer able to speak by the end of the m movie because she's got Alzheimer's. And so, mm. and it's even in some moments she has to switch between coherent and not. It's, it's a yeah. really beautiful performance. So I'm kind of torn. I think they're both great. Yeah. I wish Rosamund Pike was in a different year. I know. It is. I mean, th that actually is an interesting thing. Like, if you look back at some of the, some of the races, like, Dude, if your movie had just opened up three months later, yeah. it'd yeah. be a completely different story right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about supporting actor. Uh, pretty much J.K. Simmons in Whiplash. Yeah, Lose, I mean, Will should. Lock, win. Lock, okay. Done. Best supporting actress. Patricia Arquette's winning everything. And he everything. should win. And he should win. So we all agree yeah. he should yeah. will. Uh, Patricia Arquette is pretty much a lock at this point. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Patricia Arquette, too, is like it's pretty much a performance that could have been a Best Actress nominee. Yeah. Because you know? so what other actresses in that movie leading? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. She's at. Yeah. I think that's why she's in that category, honestly, is to win. To win. win. Yeah. yeah, I think it was a very strategic move because they knew she'd win there, but not Best Actor. Well, she's going up against Meryl Streep, who could win an Oscar for simply waking up in the morning. <laughs> for Into has. the Woods, Emma Stone, Birdman, Kira Knightley, Imitation Game, Laura Dern, Wild. Uh, so do we think uh, Arquette, she total really lock. is a total lock. lock. Total lock. Okay, Across cool. Uh, let's do Best Animated Feature now. Uh, in case mm. you've missed this, uh, Lego <laughs> Which, Movie was not nominated. But yeah. it won a, in Britain. Yeah. Well, everything's awesome in the brilliant. UK. I guess. Yeah, they not rubbish. <laughs> not rubbish. In fact, brilliant. Inside joke. Um, um, animated movie. Let me just throw out the nominees real quick. 
uh, Big Hero 6, The Box Trolls, How to Train Your Dragon 2, Song of the Sea, and The Tale of Princess Kaguya. So, will and should Chris Cobb? Uh, I think How to Train Your Dragon 2 is going to win. Um, I haven't seen all the all the movies in this category, but Lego Movie should win. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's really bright. Even though it's not in it, it should. Yeah. No, I totally. It. I mean, that's yeah. what I think should yeah. ha have happened. Yeah, I, I feel like it's kind of bratty to say that at this point, but I'd have to agree that that <laughs> How to Dra Train Your Dragon is on target to win. I think it's all, it would be really surprising to me if it doesn't, which is fine. It's I'm not saying anything against that movie. I loved like a movie. I yeah. did. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I agree. I think uh, How to Train Your Dragon How to Train Your Dragon Two will will likely win. Uh, although I do wonder if Big Hero Six doesn't have kind of an outside shot. This is another category where. Um, I can see one of those smaller movies maybe yeah. eking in too, like Kaguya or something, just because mm. Lego movie's not there. And you box know, trolls like, or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think no, box trolls. Although I think How to Train Your Dragon 2 could kind of be like the brave effect where it's maybe, you know, it, and we gave it a good review, but like, let's just say it won because, because it's got the prestige yeah. factor yeah. to it. I it mean, was good. It was good. Uh, like, I also really like Big Hero 6. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that this isn't as, the only contentious thing about this category is that the folks who loved Lego Movie and feel like why wasn't it on there? I mean, I feel like Big yeah. Hero Six was half of a real like an amazing movie, yeah. and then the second half was a, just a little bit like, wow, this just became kind of standard after a while, yeah. which I I thought it was still good but not great all the way through. And I think How to Train Your Dragon Two is consistently yeah. great throughout, um, so I think that's why it's going to be honored. Or it might be some Dark Horse littler movie yeah. just because Lego isn't there to right. clean up the awards. Why wasn't Lego there? I, I don't know. That's I, a there, there, there's been, there's that? been uh, we did a, an Oscar snubs conversation at one point and basically one school of thought is that the animators are the primary voters in that particular category. Yeah, live action. And they had, uh, no, that it was, they, they liked the more handcrafted stuff. But to me, it's like, then why wasn't Book of Life yeah. nominated? You yeah, know? exactly. Uh, but, you know, like, I, I, I haven't seen uh, seen Song of the Sea. I really want to because it's Irish. Uh, but, yeah. So I, I'm going to go uh, Dragon will win. Lego Movie should win. <laughs> but, you know, if I were You're to You're right, kind of bratty, but yeah. I think, we'll, I think I, we're all comfortable we're all saying that. Yeah. That's what, it was the biggest, <laughs> like, sort of, what are you doing, Oscar? Yeah, moment yeah. I mean, I think, I, I mean, it was kind of a given. We all just assumed it was going to get nominated. It was going to, like, race over. And now it's, now it's actually a race, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of, kind of screwed up everything, is what I'm saying. All right, our <laughs> final guesstimation category. Best visual effects. Now, gee, this... Just, you know, why would you talk about that, IGN? Well, because, folks, uh, the nominees are Captain America, the Winter Soldier, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Guardians of the Galaxy, Interstellar, and X-Men Days of Future Past. Yes, at a, ca a category where you've seen all the nominees. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> I, the, you know, it's before I said that, that the first two categories, picture and director, were the hardest to, to predict. I actually think this one might be I the very hard. Uh, well, okay. Oh, I disagree. There, mm, there, we've got a debate. <laughs> I, I've been reading like a lot of those sort of responses and pollings. The only, the most inconsistent um, category in terms of people's predictions is this one. And it is the most inconsistent of what Academy Award members have saying that they're voting for. Because some people are voting for Guardians because the, it's it's a chance to honor Guardians, and mm. everyone loves that movie. But yeah. it's a chance to honor it. I mean, there's a couple other chances, but this is definitely a big one. I think hair and makeup is actually the one, uh, although it's going up against Grand Budapest. Exactly, so I'm Grand take that Budapest. Back, so. the, the second film um, that's a strong possibility is um, Apes, yeah. which everybody thought would win yeah. on the first one, and it didn't. I mean, and, and frankly, those visual effects. Are insane. Yeah. Uh, in ape, ape should, ape should win. win. That's the one. Apes that should win. Absolutely should. Absolutely. But I, I think there's but. just this weird, not anti Andy Circus, but I just don't think they're wrapping. I think they're voting for Nolan, basically. Exactly. And this is why I'm going to eventually agree with you. When <laughs> in no, I'm not, not there yet, but when, I will. When, on Monday, on she Monday, will. I, once I find out that I'm wrong. Um, I think that when in doubt in any of these given categories, whether it's hair and makeup, or a visual effects category, 
the film that is most like a prestige film will win. So if you take something like, I thought Bad Grandpa should have won for makeup, but it didn't. Yeah. Dallas Buyers Club Because did. of the testicles. Be <laughs> no, I'll tell you why it should have won. Because that entire movie rested on people in real life, in person, believing that makeup. And believing yeah. that he had really and long testicles. And God. It happens when you get old. <laughs> yes, and because In of fact, the testicles, they are right now. because of the, the testicles, deserved an Academy Award. That movie deserved to win makeup, that, but it didn't that, win. And, and exactly, that's. I think that's a really good point. Like that movie, a movie like that will almost, almost never win. Yeah. Yep. Almost. So, so that is why I think ultimately, probably Interstellar will win because it's the only place to give you know no throw the land, dog a bone. throw the dog a bone on this movie and it is most like an Oscar movie. Yeah. I, I, I seriously think that Apes um, is widely recognized as not just a good movie, but a good movie in that same kind yeah. of prestige category. And especially since it was snubbed the first time around, I'm gonna give it will and should because I think it, it actually, just the facial animation on the apes alone. It's out of control. There's, a, there's that push in that opens the film With where you're eyes. just like, you're. You think you're looking at a real ape, yeah. and then it does you know things that you could never train an ape to do, and you're like, okay, I'm I'm on board. I went that. to the I went to the zoo last weekend, and I saw the apes, and it was Valentine's Day, and uh, so I started my day by going to the zoo, and then I went to see Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> and, Two uh, kinds of animals. Let behavior. me tell you, I saw something dirtier at the zoo <laughs> yeah. than anything in Fifty Shades oh, of yeah, Grey. Oh yeah, I bet. And it involved two apes. And I yeah. felt like the movie really captured <laughs> the caption. I feel like if anything, Planet two apes and a butt is going to be your <laughs> yeah. screenplay. I feel like if anything, that apes captured two apes in a butt. You know, in the way that the way that that's bad what the whole third movie is going to be the way about. The bad grandpa needed to win for testicles. It should yeah. win for two apes in a butt. Yeah. <laughs> and look, she this killed like, herself. This is like so devolved. I'm sorry for taking this no, down. No, I mean, I, 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 to to bring it around to Guardians, though, like, I don't. I think Guardians is going to get shut out. Oh, I do too. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, Guardians. I would love for them to to honor it, but they could have. Honored it by giving it the best picture. It doesn't matter because we yeah. gave it best picture of the year. So IGN knows. And we know yeah. we're talking about. And we gave eight, I, I believe, visual effects. Yeah. I, I think mean. I think I'm gonna switch my vote and on this one vote with my heart and say it should, and will. And will. Nice. All right. Well, I'm going to stick to my guns and say Interstellar will, but this is how should. Oscar campaigning works, people. I got it's her horse on, trading. on my side. Horse trading. You watch people fold in real time, right here. <laughs> watch people's convictions go right down the toilet. Oh, that happens here. I'm keeping it real. I know. I came in so strong with that, and I'm like. And let me tell you, I'm going to buckle <laughs> like one of those cheap chairs at yeah. Bingo. <laughs> Which is how I love to buckle. Oh, they should have really reinforced chairs at Bingo. <laughs> like, they should not be bringing cheap chairs to bingo. Yeah. I'm just saying. That's a lot of broken hands. That's how you, <laughs> that's how you lose grandma. Uh, all right. Well, uh, those are our Oscar predictions. Let us know in the comments uh, who and what you think will win at this year's Oscars. We will be um, live updating our winner's story throughout the broadcast. And um, we'll, our UK team will be doing a post-award show wrap-up kind of conversation, a reaction video that Monday morning. Um, so keep it on IGN for all things Oscar coverage. Moving on <laughs> from Oscars, let's talk about the week that was. The week and that was. was. <laughs> <laughs> there, make a theme song for everything. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, the here's your chance is. to do one for uh, Alien 5, being directed by Neil Blomkamp from District 9. Yeah, I don't, I don't Musical know. Musical interpretation. It's it's it would be something alien. spacey. It would be like, Mine, mine is kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, you hate this. I don't hate You're it. You're dumb. Okay. You're <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Why do you hate this idea? It's such a good idea. Blonde woman! Why <laughs> must you speak? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying Sorry, why would you like buckle this idea? like you did in your Oscar picks, but no, then gets to it. I'm sticking to my guns. I don't hate it, exaggerator. Ginger. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, now geez. We're... Wow, the we name devolved into name calling of hair color here. Um, <laughs> it's cool. Salt and pepper no, here. Right. We'll, we'll, hug it out. <laughs> we'll hug it out later. That was yeah. a total rejection. All right, let's okay, get well, back to I, Alien 5. Okay, so Alien 5. <laughs> this, this is what I think. Um, 
I love District 9, and I, I really loved it. I thought it was great, but I don't think that he's quite yet lived up to the promise of that film. Um, but that it, film was itself, okay, so. Okay, but, but here's well, my point. Picture nominee, I might Here's add. my point, is that he hasn't quite yet demonstrated the same deft ability as a director as he did with District 9, not yet. And so Alien is a very beloved friend. I mean, I, I've interviewed a lot of people. I did the math the other day, and it's maybe five or 600 people. Twice I've been beside myself nervous, like going to have a heart attack nervous, and that was Ridley Scott both times that I inter interview him because um, I love Alien so much and I love Blade Runner so much. I also love James Cameron and I loved Aliens, but anything after that in this franchise has been yeah. highly so problematic. Only two, only two good movies. Has in, been highly in this problematic. Whole I don't think I have different it, feelings about Prometheus than some people, but I don't think that it was a successful Alien prequel. It was some other. AVP thing. Requiem, best one. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I, I liked so, Alien Three. So, I don't, I'm not. I know yeah. that's so, unpopular, but so, I did. So my point with this is, is that. Not only is that a franchise that I think that for the time being we should leave alone, really just leave it alone for a period of time, mm -hmm. but I think that he needs the opportunity to, th this is a big risk for somebody whose two follow-up films to a great film have not really been that great. Have you seen Chappie yet? Everything uh, I'm hearing about uh, Chappie. I'm seeing okay, Chappie so soon. Yeah. So, yeah, so, but right, here, but here's, but yeah, the, the, the buzz on it has been kind of the same as Elysium, where it's like, yeah, it's okay. I mean, I think the the problem with with Blomkamp has been that he has not demonstrated a sort of range. He has been sort of painting from the same palette, and it's almost like everything could just be in a shared universe between Chappie and Elysium and District 9. And I think what seems so fresh in District 9, now by the time you get around to Chappie, starts to seem sort of like a retread, and mm. I think people, I, hopefully this will be a chance for him to kind of shake things up and, and do something different. Um, I mean, generally, you know, and a lot of cynics are saying this online, that the fact that, you know, he himself basically revealed on his Instagram the alien news, you know, knowing that Chappie is probably going to not and, really make a, an impact, it's like, well, I better line up my next gig and make it a paycheck gig. And, and also too, not to say like, he doesn't love it, it's alien, like but. in terms of in terms of that world, the one thing that I think that Prometheus got right is like, look, Ripley is an amazing character, amazing character, but let's just leave her out of it now. Well, she's you probably going like, to be in this one. That's my issue is like Ripley in Alien and Aliens is so incredible. That is just one of the, my favorite characters, right? Like. You didn't I, like evil clone Ripley from <laughs> Alien 4? No, I did not like evil clone Ripley from <laughs> Alien 4. Like, I, I, I just, sometimes it becomes almost abusive to something that's really a great work of art to, to keep mining it endlessly. I don't want to judge this. I, I don't, I don't want to prejudge this because I really do believe in his ability to execute a vision, and I think this is a perfect project in which he could execute his vision and actually go a little bit different than something like District 9. I hope he brings that same like sort of grit and feel to it, um, but it's clearly going to be not in that universe, right? So who's Charlto going to play in it? Because you know he's in it. Probably. I don't, yeah, true. I don't, I don't mind them bringing back Ripley if they do it in a good way. If they don't, like, then yeah, okay, I'll, I'll have as many well, qualms as you guys do. Let's talk about the concept art a bit that he that he posted on his Instagram. She almost had kind of like a Borg She, was, type she looked thing. like a cyborg. Now, like, don't get me wrong, I love cyborgs. <laughs> I do. I mean, this is the thing that it's I really true. enjoy. She's got a and whole notebook full of <laughs> cut-out pictures of cyborgs <laughs> at her desk. I like cyborgs. But, and, and... Having said all of this, like stop abusing this great, you know, material. I, there, there are franchises that I that I oddly don't feel that way about. Like I love Terminator Sarah Chronicles. It's fantastic, and it's utilizing those characters and everything. I guess I feel incredibly protective for I don't know why, irrationally so. I didn't make it. Um, Alien and Aliens, and I haven't seen anything successful come out of it, fully successful yeah. since those first two movies, and. I just don't think it sounds like the best idea for this material. Listen, I think it's something Fox is always going to make. They are always, always going to go back to the alien well. This one is talk, talk, they're talking about um, doing it with Ridley Scott, like with Producing, him as a producer. Yeah. 
and having it set in the events after Prometheus, is that but, but Yeah, but I mean, Prometheus itself was already a prequel, so it's kind of like, to me, it wasn't terribly shocking or, to find I mean, out that it's going to be after Prometheus, yeah, too. Yeah, that's true. But I, I, I think that it's, uh, what, what's kind of interesting is that there is such a, a negative reaction in some quarters about the idea of Blomkamp doing it, like that's going to ruin Alien. No, you know what ruined Alien? Alien 3, Alien 4, <laughs> Alien vs. Predator, and Alien vs. Predator Requiem. <laughs> if anything, it's got nowhere to go but And up. if you ask any, and you ask certain people, Alien Isolation. Yeah, video I game. mean, yeah. I, like, I don't, again, and I'm not trying to blast him, because it's not like I think Elysium is terrible. I don't. I, I, I think it's, you know, not as great as District 9. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's a bad movie. I don't think yeah. it is an out-and-out bad movie. That's that's an extreme response. I would like to see him, I mean, let, let, let's just really have him actually make the Halo movie. You know, like, no, you that's, know, a, that's a whole know, other conversation that's a whole in other, itself. But I, 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 yeah, I don't think this is, is like a surrogate for that. I think yeah. this is just like another project that a person of, you know, like a, a person of our generation would really, really want to do, you know? Like if somebody came to you tomorrow and said, hey, would you like to do your vision of Alien or Aliens or whatever, you know, like that world, I think most most people, you know, like creatively inclined people will be like, I, yeah, I want to put my Why should we that. begrudge him wanting to do Alien but, like, be championing or recommending people to go do a Star Wars movie? Well, I, I mean, I'm not... I per, I'm not begrudging him anything. I have nothing against Bill <laughs> um, I, I actually this been, man has too yeah, much success. I, Bring I, him down. He's he's actually a very nice man, um, and I think he has a ton of talent. I'm just saying it's not my preferred. It, 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 it's this is not a piece of news that I go. Yeah, I'm so excited about this. Versus, I'm sorry, but like, yeah, you tell me there's going to be another Star Wars, and there's I see that trailer, and I am really excited, and yeah. I, I want to revisit that world. Yeah. Um, I, I think that he has great movies in him, you know, and I think I think that I am there's a possibility that I could eat my words and it's well, wonderful. Yeah, I mean, what do you think? There's like just a really big hill to climb, right? It's it's like anybody announced for this project is going to be like have the weight of all those failed alien well, things. Look, even Ridley Scott couldn't make another good alien movie. Yeah. I mean, Prometheus is okay. It's got a lot of huge problems and a lot of it's his fault, you know, and yeah. people blame Lindelof, but at the end of the day, it's really Scott's if, movie. If you think about what Alien was and what made it so successful, and so much has been written about this, but it was basically a stalker horror movie where the stalker was an alien, you know, and it was it was in a confined environment. It was this really like particular set of events that that made this woman who was become sort of a hero for herself, you know. Yeah. And then Aliens was this great action movie, right? But if you think about something like Star Wars, that's a I mean, look at this. There's a whole. I mean, I know that there's an expanded world when it comes to Alien too, but Star Wars invites and natively has endless amounts of story to be told True. in that world. Yeah. Um, Alien was a brilliant movie because of the circumstances of the movie, right? Like, and it also wasn't, that she wasn't even the main character. She wasn't like, even the main character. Yeah. You know, I mean, there was so much about that movie that was brilliantly done, and I just. You know, I, I get I get loving it. I get wanting to tell your take on that world. But to be honest with you, like, it, it, maybe it'll be great. But but w what really are they going to bring yeah, forward? What's left to say? I think I think we all have sort of like um, blind spots or like things things where you know it's going to rankle you a little bit more yeah. when they do something because to a lot of people their breaking point was like Terminator. You know, Terminator, they shouldn't have done this movie or whatever. We're all excited about it. You know, right. we're excited about it because it looks like it's got all this possibility. Jim's not excited about it. We're excited about it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's, you know. Which is maybe hypocritical. Yeah. There's, there you go. I'm well, human. no, but I mean, I think it, no, no, I'm saying, I think you take it on a project by project <laughs> basis. Like, I don't really think you're dumb. I don't really think, like, <laughs> your idea on this is bad. I think it's like, you know, I have one take on how yeah, I yeah. see Blomkamp's movie in my head playing out, you know, and yeah. I think it's going to be awesome, you know, I'm like really excited about it. But, you know, like another person could be like, oh, the Terminator movie isn't going to Yeah, do and maybe well, that's you know? true, you know, maybe yeah. it won't be good. It very well might not be, but I mean, the, the, yeah, I don't know. I, like what, to me, especially if you're going to bring Ripley into it, um, what are you really bringing forward about Ripley in, yeah. in this well, movie that hasn't quite been explored? I mean, we also had the whole AI, you know, Ash, yeah. and there's yeah, just so Yeah, there's, much there's some problems that, with reconciling some things that have been done before, but I'm hoping they do it in a smart way that, yeah. 
You know, like the, it, you kind of have to flush Resurrection down the toilet a little bit. Is it Resurrection? That's right. Resurrection. Yeah, the fourth yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, that one was just a mess. Um, so. All right. Well, uh, I'm gonna go on record and say that I'm cautiously optimistic about him doing it. I think it really does come down to whatever the story is and how do you how do you make it scary again? Because yeah. You know, that first Prometheus trailer looks so scary and I love the sound yeah. and all that. And then you go to see the movie and it's not its not scary. It's pretty dull actually at times. Um, so, and that was Ridley Scott doing it. So I guess I felt like I, my, my enthusiasm for that franchise took a real hit with yeah. that one. So, but Blomkamp, I do, I really do like him. And I think that, you know, for a guy who five years ago, no one barely knew, except as the guy who didn't get to make Halo, right. um, to now have District 9 and kind of people know his name. I think I'm cautiously optimistic about this. I just, I'm, I really don't want to see more colonial marines. I don't want to see more of the same. I want something different. Yeah. The um, company. Yeah, like, can we start to move on from some of those tropes? Like, that's my same issue I have with Terminator is it's like, for the love of God in all humanity, can we just move on past the Connors at this point? And, you know, and I, I think if, if, if Ripley really is looking like a cyborg, I mean, what they tried to do with Resurrection was continue the exploration of AI and like the complicated yeah. nature of AI by with her, you know? Yeah. Um, if they're doing that again, great. Do it If they do it really well, I'm on board. She she very well just might be like a continuation of all the sort of android life forms. What if that she's the villain in the, in the movie? Be awesome. What if she is the some sort of the alien queen? I mean, they kind of uh, explored that a they little did bit. They did a alien little bit. 4, yeah. yeah. But yeah, what if they told that story? But well, yeah. <laughs> but that's I think that's what I was saying. Like the the in, some of the. Th Themes in Alien 4, if that was... And John yeah. Genoa is a great director, by the way. Yeah. That's just, like, his yeah. only really terrible film. Yeah, I think um, that was a weird... Hi, I'm going to show up and try to work in the studio system. Oh, wait, no, I don't want yeah, that. I mean, no, Fincher made Alien that. 3, yeah. and, yeah. and, you yeah. know, it's like, yeah, the Alien films are... I don't think Alien 3 is as bad as everybody says, No, I don't though. think it's Especially a bad movie. Cut. I just think it's, it's coming off of, like, Aliens, though. Yeah, yeah. It yeah, had the misfortune. It If it had come after Alien Resurrection... People will look at it as the movie that yeah. saved the, the Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. But, it, but it, it's that it's that after Aliens, it just has been like nothing has quite. Those two movies are very different movies, oh, Alien yeah. and Aliens, um, and they're both so great and they're so indicative of what's great about those directors' yeah. work. Yeah. Um, Cameron, action, great action director, and Ridley Scott it was a great sci-fi director. You know. Yeah. He, well, At let, that moment. <laughs> uh, let us know what you think of the idea of Neil Blomkamp directing uh, the fifth in the uh, Alien movie uh, in the comments. And, uh, you know, hopefully good luck, Neil. <laughs> uh, a couple of other things that uh, I want to throw out there, um, just rattle off some news items. Pirates 5 began filming this week, uh, and the plot basically has them going after the trident of Neptune. Okay. That plot, man. Um, uh, there's that a plot, though. There's a. <laughs> so I'm gonna say, just read the description of it. Come back, share your thoughts. They're uh, they're rebooting Shaft, at New Line. That's I'll awesome. just leave it at that. Uh, um, My parents used to have that Shaft album, and they would play it like. The Isaac Hayes. Stop in my house growing up, so I was Shaft. raised on I was raised on the Shaft soundtrack. <laughs> that He's a bad mouth. Shut your mouth. Uh, uh, Nightcrawler has been cast in X-Men Apocalypse. It's Cody Smith-McPhee, who, uh, oddly enough, was cast as young Wolverine in X-Men Origins Wolverine, but had to drop out because he was doing the road. He also doesn't look like Wolverine to me, but... Yeah. He looks, that he looks like... He actually he's a lot better as a Nightcrawler. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, I think it's a really in interesting pick, and I'm just glad to see Nightcrawler back, you know? Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Oh, uh... Dan Aykroyd still holding out hope that after Dude. the Ghostbusters reboot, they'll do Dan. his Stop Ghostbusters it, Uncle 3. Stop it, Dan. Stop it, crazy He needs Uncle an intervention. Dan. I'm sorry. We love you, though. Thank yeah. you so much. Well, I know. After his SNL 40 skit, The Bassomatic. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's a fan petition to get Scarlett Johansson removed from the Ghost in the Shell movie. Like that will work ever. Okay. Here's my idea. Like My idea. Here's my, my question. Do fan petitions ever work, or no. is it just a, a hissy fit? I think, honestly, once you get to petition phase, people, like, go forward with the project out of spite. Yeah. You know, like, the, it, 
if, if Buzz is bad online, sometimes they'll change some stuff. They're not going to change Scarlett Johansson. That's the money of that movie. You know, by the way, anime fans, the group of people who are looking for a faithful adaptation, that you are not the target audience for this movie at all. Yeah. At all. The target audience of this movie is the people who went to see Lucy. And I'm sorry, I love Ghost in the Shell too, but they're not making Ghost in the Shell 2 for you. They're making it for, or Ghost in the Shell, period. They're not <laughs> making that for you, anime fans. They're making it for the largest possible audience, and Scarlett Johansson's a way to lock that in. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, this podcast might actually run a little bit longer than usual because we actually have a big thing we have to talk about, which was last weekend's box office. Um, so, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, okay? It is now the biggest February release of all time. It, uh, it uh, surpassed Passion of the Christ. In three days, it made $85.2 million. Four day, because it was the President's uh, Day weekend, it made $93 million. Kingsman uh, made $36.2 million over three days. That's good. And $41.8 million over yeah, four days. Yeah, really so that's not that's nothing to uh, sneeze at there. But Fifty Shades of Grey, um, and it's probably going to stay number one this weekend. Uh, you and I saw it. You have not have seen not. the magic. Let's talk about it, Let's though. Let's talk it. about the magic that is well, Fifty I mean, Shades of Grey. So, <laughs> I mean, just just do a tiny, like, couple sentence capsule review. What do you think? Oh dear, uh, tiny capsule review of Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, I think that she actually ha brought this character to life. Like, she was actually pretty funny and charming and, and actually is to be commended for it because it's, it's in some ways a harder task as an actor to take a flat, uninteresting character and bring it to life than to take a great character and do a great and job with it. Make them flat and uninteresting. And, yeah. So, Jamie, however, Plenty do that. The, Jamie it is appallingly bad writing, really silly. I mean, we were having a good time kind of laughing in the first half. And then in the second half, unfortunately, it just gets kind of sleepy. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of boring, and it's just a weird kaleidoscope of spanking naked bodies and angst, which you would Sounds think... Sounds like would, any day at IGN. You know, Friday which, night. Which, which, <laughs> you would, which you would think would be interesting, but oddly enough, I was falling a little bit asleep. It just got a little repetitive. Um, Jamie Dornan, I thought, was terribly miscast. I mean, horrifically miscast, and yeah. that a lot of what would have sold, at least to make it more fun... A lot of what would have sold the movie was to have if somebody like a Charlie Hunnam had been in it, um, or our Quinn from Homeland. Yeah, yeah. Somebody um, rugged, right? Somebody a little more rugged because he's saying when he's saying, I won't repeat the line, but he's saying, <laughs> you know, I, I really do, thought you were. I, I do this thing very roughly. You can he doesn't make love. He doesn't make love. He does this other thing in a very rough fashion. And Jamie Dornan says it, and you're like, no, you don't. <laughs> you know? You're just like, you, she just looks like she could like she could bend him over her knee a little bit, yeah. you know. And it like, looks like the kind of guy that brings you a glass of water. Yeah, I mean, time. it's like it's like you know when he's can I get like, you the pillow? He says stuff like, if you say that one more time, I'm gonna turn you over my knee. And like it's silly and hilarious, but you do kind of want to believe that that's true, and you just don't. With yeah. him. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's nothing about him as an actor. He's just really miscast. Jimbles, what'd you think? Uh, I thought, yeah, I thought he was miscast, and I thought that he was, um, every time he said his lines, all I heard was, my agent made me do this. My agent made me do this. It will be good for my career. My like there was no conviction. To there was any no of his part line. of him that wanted to be in this movie. He just he just did anybody so want to? Uncomfortable. Besides no, E.L. James, did anybody think, want to do this project? I think Dakota Johnson, Dakota Johnson actually did, and I think then she was disappointed by what happened around it. You know, yeah. I think that she yeah. signed on because of Sam Taylor Johnson. And at the end of the day, Sam Taylor Johnson wasn't didn't have the final say this author of a really terribly written book, and I mean no disrespect, but this author of a really terrible book who had never been on the movie set had the final say, and then the original actor who she was supposed to star with dropped out. I mean, it's complicated, right? It's, you, this woman has final cut over you as a director, yeah. like E.L. James had, you know, had, had all creative control, yeah. and then you're just, what, hired to shoot, like, hired to, like, yeah. take it. That was a 10-week shoot. Think of how, like, the longest 10 weeks of your life and, yeah. and, <laughs> and then fighting magnify every day. That. Magnify it by a movie set. Blah. Yeah, and then supposedly, I mean, I don't know, rumor is the stars didn't necessarily get along. I think it just turned into a really Herculean they're locked effort. In. They're locked in for yeah, two, they two more, more movies. Yeah. And, and, uh, do you guys think they'll up the production schedule, get them out fast? Oh, yeah. I, mean, I think so. Are, I mean, I think it's going to be, I, I really think it's going to be diminishing returns because yeah, for the sure. audience that I saw it with, basically, like, the way the movie ends, it just 
kind of ends. And they're like, what? And they just, I can't see these people lining up to want to see sequels. So I almost yeah. feel like they should, <laughs> they should do the anti-Hobbit instead of making three movies. Just try and roll all that crap into one sequel <laughs> yeah. and get it over There's with. There's no way that's happening. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's not Hollywood operates. It printed so much money, and I do think that the curiosity effect will help it, but... This is what I really think will hurt the franchise is that it just wasn't sexy. It just wasn't yeah. sexy. And like if it's not delivering on the one thing, yeah. you had one job, Fifty Shades. <laughs> I'm telling you, what I saw at the LA Zoo was dirtier than yeah. anything in Fifty Shades. Well, to be fair, I've seen a lot of really dirty things at zoos. But, but if you look at if you look at something like nine and Two we talked about this last saying. week, I think, but if you look at something like nine and a half weeks, like it's sexy, you know? Yeah. And that's And those the, people hated each and other. And they hated each other, but it's but sexy. But that hate sex came out on it, came the, on. it was up there on screen people. Yeah, because back Every in the day, ounce. I'll tell you what, if Mickey Rourke had been in this role Back in the day, when like when he was young, he not now. It'd be terrifying. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, amazing. Be over but, my but, knee. Like, but like if, if this had been like when he was Marv. young, he could have sold that. Yeah. Um, Mickey Rourke back in the day. Oh yeah. Because yeah. he had a little he had a little smarmer on the edges, yeah. and I think that's what you need. You know who could have done this movie really well? I think probably back ten years ago is Colin Farrell. Yeah. He has that like intensity, and I think he wouldn't Tom, have done this Tom project. Tom Cruise in the late '80s, early '90s too. Yeah. No, I'm with. I'm I think, still on the. Colin I think Colin Farrell, Farrell is just too like. He's got that intensity. Yeah. You could dial yeah, he in. looks like the kind of guy too that will totally spank your ass. Yeah, you yeah. probably <laughs> and you'd like it because it's Colin Farrell. You, you know, he is a charming really man. Like I will it. say he's very nice in person. See, we've put her in. Like, we've put her in. I'm in a whole in Wonderland now. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> they got the wrong Irishman, is what we're saying. Exactly. Poor Jamie Dornan. It's like not that he's a bad actor. He just this is not for him. No, I, and yeah. the thing is, like his reluctance was all over his face and in, in every line, yeah. uh, in every inflection, everything. Um, Kingsman was great though, it was Kingsman a lot of fun. Kingsman was awesome. Colin Firth as so <laughs> Christian Grey. Hello. Hello. Maybe I will put it, you over my was, knee. It was a ton of fun. Yeah. It really was great. Yeah. Kingsman was a lot of fun. Uh, I think uh, obviously Fifty Shades is going to probably hold off newcomers like uh, Hot Tub Time Machine yeah. 2, which yeah. we gave a really negative review to. Um, and then uh, um, McFarlane USA. Yeah. Uh, I think that'll do okay, but like uh, I think those are we're looking at probably. So I, I think they're both tracking at like eleven. I think yeah. Fifty Shades is pretty front loaded. It's going to drop though, probably I'd say mid twenties. Yeah, I think yeah. it'll drop significantly. I think it'll I be up to thirty. I think it'll be thirty, but it's still that's still a big drop. Yeah. You know? um, I want to just there was one actual little news item I forgot to mention. I know it's an odd time to put it, but Robert Downey Jr. was talking about uh, Captain America: Civil War, and he said that. Basically, the clues to, uh, uh, he's talking about how um, the beginning of Tony Stark's evolution into uh, Civil War starts with Age of Ultron, and he tells Empire, it's natural to change your views, like as you get older. Uh, the clues are in Ultron and where we might find him next, but what would it take for Tony to completely turn around everything he stood for, quote unquote, because he was the right-wing uh, guy who could still do his own thing, uh, it's a little bit of things falling up in a real-world continuum. What would you do? There's always the bigger overarching question that Joss brings up, um, yada, yada, yada. So wouldn't it be interesting to see Tony doing something you wouldn't imagine? So I think basically, you know, he, he doesn't necessarily call him the villain of the movie, but we're certainly going to see a Tony Stark who might no longer be as lovable yeah. as yeah. we're used to seeing him, which is pretty daring since he was the face of your entire universe. Yeah. You know? I don't think, I mean, I don't think it is out of character, though, yeah. entirely, no. you know? I mean, it's it's kind of following along the the, 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 the line in the comics of how Tony yeah. Stark yeah. progressed. It's a progression of character. Yeah. I think it's actually a really, I mean, it is following the comics, which is why it works, but it is a very natural progression. I don't think that we as the audience are not going to buy it. Yeah. Um, Especially with the people telling that story, I think it'll yeah. be fine. And we love Cap so much now. Yeah. After oh, Winter Soldier, it's true. Like I just, he's kind of got my heart now. So Winter Soldier should have been nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Is what I'm saying, Hollywood. Uh, oh, uh, one last note about Fifty Shades of Grey. It's past <laughs> 300 million worldwide. Yeah, worldwide. It was. It's wow. not just a, a phenomenon in America. It's around the world, people. Everybody likes skin. Everybody spanked. gets spanked. Damn it. <laughs> it. I did it. It's like everybody poops, a second. but yeah. Everybody okay. poops and gets spanked. <laughs>
You All right, guys, uh, that'll do it for this week's podcast. Sorry we didn't have time for reader email. Uh, what are you us- recommending this week? Oh, uh, yeah, recommending this week. Uh, let me think about it. You recommend something. I am going to recommend a criminally underrated film that I absolutely love that was quoted in the TV show Better Call Saul, and it is All That Jazz. It's Bob Fosse's oh. autobiographical story. Everybody knows him for Cabaret, which was up against Godfather and the Academy Awards, tying it all together. But I love All That Jazz. Go see it. And I'm also recommending that distributors put Oscar-nominated films on VOD. Are you crazy? Do it out. These movies are not on VOD. <laughs> that, was, that was impassioned. <laughs> I am going to, I already recommended it. Headhunters, this awesome, awesome Scandinavian movie. Um, it's kind of a, um, it's it's just a nasty little piece of work. Yeah. Um, it's it's. I think it was one of the movies that we gave a 10 to. Um, quite, quite good. If you like crime movies, uh, you have to check it out. I don't want to. I don't want to divulge too much of what's in it, but check it out on Netflix. It's there. Awesome movie, Headhunters. Okay, my recommendation is The Long Good Friday. Uh, we're, we're Easter season is almost upon us, so um, so the the Long Good Friday is essentially uh, Bob Hoskins as a British gangster who pisses off the IRA, and they start bombing and taking out all his clubs, everything but he cannot wrap his head around who these guys are and why they're coming after him and what happened. So it's kind of like a mystery uh, gangster film and it's really great. And Hmm. it was the thing that made Bob Hoskins a star. And Helen Mirren plays his wife. All right. And young uh, uh, Pierce Brosnan, it was his first movie, and he plays an IRA assassin. He has no lines. Nice. I like it. And the guy who played Belloc is in there too. Crime, crime, dancing. (laughs) <laughs> Dancing also, itself is. I will say that in my interview um, with Josh Brolin about Thanos, I brought up all that jazz because he's Jessica Lange plays Death in mm-hmm. it, and he's kind of in love with her. Um, and I was like, it's like all that jazz, right? And he's like, that's great. I'm going to use that in my Jessica performance. Jessica Lange is in Jessica, Thanos. Jessica Lange plays Death in all that jazz. Oh, okay. And Bob, <laughs> I thought the, you were dropping and, an and um, um, Roy Schneider, who, right, right. who plays the Bob Fosse character, is in love with her. Um, like he, he's oh. constantly flirting with her. So when I interviewed Josh Brolin, I was like, "Oh, his love story with death. It's like all that jazz." And he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to use that." So now you have to see it because it's going to tie in <laughs> to Avengers. It's part of the MCU, <laughs> is what we're saying. Yeah. They were laying those seeds before they even <laughs> had a camera in hand. All right, guys, uh, that'll do it for this week's podcast. Give us a shout out on iTunes. You can check us out on on Twitter at, at Chris Carl, at Roth Cornett, at Stacks with an X, IGN, and. Uh, Send us your reader email. We'll get to it uh, at keepingitreal at IGN.com. However, again, reminder, no podcast next week. We, Chris and I are going to be on the road, and uh, yeah. we're, we're not going to be available. Can't do it from the road. Can't we do it. Can't. So, comedy. But, we'll, uh, but the UK guys will have a post-Oscars video conversation that you should check out. So, again, as always, thanks for watching and listening. We'll catch you next time.